0: Buckner. it is Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If it's Tuesday, that can mean only one thing. We will be joined by Dwayne Long here in a minute, but we would be remiss if we did not give kudos to start out to Chris Holtman and the Ohio State basketball program. Secured a commitment yesterday from top 50 prospect E.J. Liddell out of Illinois. Liddell is a power forward, possibly a little bit undersized, but I will say this. I've been covering basketball for a long time. The reporters and the people who deal with E.J. Liddell on a day-to-day basis and those who have had a chance to coach him speak of him in glowing terms. This is a hard-working, efficient, high-quality player and person. If you see any interview with him, he has the it factor. He is wise beyond his years. You can just tell. I'm not going to say he's the most highly regarded player Ohio State has attracted, or if he's even a more big-time player than DJ Carton, the point guard in the class. But I'm almost willing to guarantee that Liddell is going to be a crowd favorite here for a long time. I think there's a hope that because he doesn't have ideal physical characteristics that he may stay around a little bit longer. I remember discussing this with uh, Hoops analyst Brian Snow and said this, if EJ Liddell was a couple inches taller, he would be a definite one-and-done type. He kind of reminds me of Antoine Jameson who used to play for North Carolina. I just think the Buckeyes are in store for a great player who I think will contribute day one. He's played at the highest level of competition um, on AAUI's with Brad Beal elite. And once again, he is a fan favorite, a team favorite, and a coach's favorite wherever he goes. Could not be more impressed with Holtman's recruiting class, Alonzo Gaffney, DJ Carton, EJ Liddell. I think Carton and Liddell get on the court right away. Gaffney may need a little time to put some weight on his body, but could not be more impressed with Chris Holtman and what they've done, and the future is looking extremely bright for Ohio State basketball. We'll be back in just a minute with the one and only Dwayne Long. (laughs) (laughs) As promised, the man himself is here, Dwayne. Yesterday was arguably the nicest day of the year. Today has a chance. How goes it in Columbus, my good friend?
1: Well, still uh, Glowing in the afterglow of uh a win that uh is probably going to vault us into the playoff it's It's now really only things can happen is we beat ourselves. I just don't see a team out there that can that can uh knock us off and considering uh our lofty status, all we gotta do is win. And we should.
0: I agree completely. There is no uh, at Iowa trap game on the schedule this year as it was last year. And for those who think that's hindsight, you can go back and search out. Dwayne and I picked out that game before last year as a trap game, and it turned out to bite us. Let's go back and talk about what was obviously one of the more memorable nights of the college football season so far, for for anyone, especially for Buckeye fans, did you give up hope, Dwayne, in the fourth quarter when they were down uh, by two scores and it looked like uh, the air was leaving the building for the Buckeyes? That's why I say the best play was the play of the game. What was your vibe?
1: Yeah, you know, I I I thought there's eight minutes ago we need two scores. The offense has been sputtering all night. Uh, couldn't run the ball effectively. I, I, I was really surprised when we came back on that football game. I really was. And here's the thing, Dan. The defense played better than I thought it would. Uh, so that was, that was going to make it that much more disappointing. You know, you and I have talked uh, a number of times about, um, if you're gonna beat this team you've got to score forty points. Well, uh, and we that didn't happen. I mean I thought this would be a much more uh I thought we uh more we'd see more points on the board for both teams. So for the defense to play well enough, you know, to it just uh I was just surprised, yeah. And then to, uh, to see him come back like that, it was, it was thrilling, you know, and, and, another thing, let's talk about this. When is the last time that we saw screen passes from the Buckeyes? It just seems like we're just, I don't know. I don't know why we don't run screen passes. It's, and now it's going to be with Haskins in there. They're going to be that much more effective. Uh, you know, if, if you use the screen pass, teams are going to say, we got to get at Haskins. If you don't get at Haskins, he's going to kill you. So, adding the screen pass in with teams that are going to be that much more aggressive trying to get to the quarterback, that, that just adds a wrinkle that, uh, defensive coordinators are, are going to be saying no we didn't really need them to do that of all things to add to the offense and look how effective it was on the on the uh the, the blocking that we saw from this team down the field on the on the victor touchdown we saw campbell throw a highly effective block not a get-in-your-way block. So often receivers, they're, they're just going to get in the way, screen a guy off. He really got into this kid and and had him on roller skates. Then we see Rashad Berry come in and make another, a block, a real block. Put the guy, had the guy trying to, uh, he was on roller skates. And then Johnny Dixon comes in and cuts the guy off at the end. It was just beautifully blocked. And the screen passes in particular, we saw some outstanding blocking. We saw linemen getting downfield and, and, uh, and throwing blocks. It was, it, it was a beautiful thing to see.
0: Yeah, the selflessness of it, the, the little things they talk about in football, that's a big reason why the Buckeyes won the game. You know, I think it's really interesting, the hindsight or the retrospect on Dwayne Haskins. We saw him flustered for the first time. We saw him get pressured by a big-time defense for the first time and, you know, come through in the end and make some clutch plays. There's a lot of statistics out there about how he struggled throwing the ball down the field, and a lot of the yards came on, a lot of the yards came on screen passes. I would actually uh, say that had the guys held on to the ball earlier in the game, I think he might have been off and running and this game, might have been different. I think he got, part of the jitters came from guys not holding on to the ball. So in the end, he leads him to the game-winning uh, touchdown, and he's gotten a lot of credit for it, Big Ten Player of the Week, et cetera. But you're getting a lot of negativity thrown his way, um, especially because the quarterback on the other side of the field, Trace McSorley, was arguably better that day, was arguably the best player on the field. I just don't understand why people can't see the difference here. That was Haskins' fifth start. Trace McSorley's been starting there for years. I'm not sure where the expectations lie. How do you view Haskins after that game? Did it concern you, or his ability to come through in the end, do you see that as uh, kind of the the shining
1: factor? Well, you hit the nail on the head. How is he feeling when guys were dropping the ball earlier? That really does impact the quarterback. It it impacts his confidence in in cutting the loose. Is this guy going to catch the ball or not? There's no doubt that it would have been uh, uh, different. I mean, think about—he's got an interception recorded now. Why? Because Barry just dropped the football; it just squirted out and right into the hands of the Penn State uh, defensive back. So it's yeah, it's going to have a highly negative impact. And then he pulled him back into the game. The the play calls were outstanding. They they you know just because the plays were effective, we're going to uh, take credit away from the kid. No, he he's he stood in there and 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 got it done. So and I I just, you know, McSorley uh running up the middle and us not tackling the kid. He only completed 50% of his passes. You take away the 93-yarder he threw for under 200 yards. So uh I'm I just not going to say that he was so much better than than half to just I I would the, the Big Ten named uh, Haskins Offensive Player of the Week, and and I'm fine with that. You know, you want a runs for 125 yards, 51 of it on one play. I, I just, you know, that's not why he's in there. He's in there to throw the football, and he completed 50 percent of his passes. So, uh, I have nothing but but. uh I see nothing different about uh, Dwayne Haskins in this game. Like you said, fifth start, uh, under pressure the entire night. Uh, no, I, I'm not having any problems at all with with Haskins. Uh, I think it's absolutely ridiculous criticism.
0: Yeah, a couple things. A lot of people have all. There's been some backlash at the time. We were party to it, kind of going over Haskins' NFL potential, and now people are freaking out saying, look, look, when you were talking about NFL potential, they're not just talking about how he's going to play next week. They're projecting the kid out was age 33. So let's hold our horses here a little bit. Haskins has done nothing to damage his NFL potential. If anything, it has gotten more appealing. Read the boarding house today. But uh, that's kind of silly. Another thing, when you're evaluating the two teams, this game was played at Penn State in a whiteout. It's the absolute ideal conditions for their team. Uh, in my opinion, their defense played above their head and will not play it like that for the rest of the year. Anybody who watched them play on the road in Champagne the week before on a Friday night, they were awful. So let's not act like this was a neutral playing field, and your you know Vegas is deciding that.
1: So we're going to move
0: on here a little bit. The linebacker play has also been uh, taken to task. There were some plays against uh, Penn State where McSorley squeezed out that were troubling. Pro Football Focus, however, when you go back, <coughs> excuse me, labeled the uh, linebackers as playing well. Tough Borland played better than I thought he did, um, and did force you know what was a huge turnover on the Miles Sanders fumble. Your impression of the linebackers and uh, the kind of the criticism they've received.
1: Uh, I I disagree with them. Uh, pro
0: Football Focus.
1: I think they're still not good enough. We're not having guys making plays, Dan. If you want to call them effective, you go ahead. I I can't do that. Uh, but when is the last time, you know, Borland forced a fumble. Outside of that, when when's the last time one of these linebackers actually made a real play? I thought the best linebacker on the field for the Buckeyes Saturday night was Harrison, as a matter of fact. So uh, I'm just not ready to I, I – they're playing well. I, I don't know. I'd like to see their criteria and, and why they're saying that the linebackers are playing well. I, I'm just not getting that.
0: Yeah, the one great player, <clears throat> excuse me, I thought was made by Harrison when he dove and got McSorley. Uh, from behind that really showed, you know, the athleticism and the the track down speed. But uh, I would agree. I I don't know if I could go with pro football focus on this one. The linebackers still make me a little bit nervous. And they just don't seem to be fast enough in space. That's what drives me crazy. All right. This part of the defense we know needs some help. I'm just going to let you go here. What do they need to do with the secondary?
1: We got half a good secondary. We got Fuller Sheffield is playing really good football right now. He's he's a guy that is really coming on. Gotta get another corner opposite him. I am just not convinced about Damon Arnett. You know, we've got a history of guys coming in here in their second year at cornerback after getting burned their first year and, and really stepping up. How many how many guys have come in their second year and were like, okay, we're gonna lose him after next year? Uh you know, when we saw him the first year, it was like whoa, and then the second year they step up and they're they're headed to the NFL by the end of their third year. Well, uh, I'm not seeing that out of that I just I don't see him as a, a a guy that we can count on. I'd like to see us try somebody else. I liked what I saw out saw of Williamson in the spring. Let's let's give him a shot. Uh, I'm not sure about Akuda yet. I think he might be a better safety. Uh, And as far as safety is concerned, I want to put Sean Wade back there. I've been much more impressed with him when he's been in there. I pair him with Fuller, and then I think our secondary starts to shape up. And this is, we need this, Dan. This offense can win a national championship. It can win a national championship. The defense can cannot not the back seven it's just not good enough i think we need to get some more personnel in there uh justin hilliard is slashed as a middle linebacker i'll get him in the lineup more i still think teandre jones he's always around the football and i like linebackers like that the guys that just you look up and if they're not in on the tackle They would have been in the next split second if somebody else hadn't got them. I like guys that just seem to find the football and get there quickly. You know, you talked about the speed factor. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not convinced we're we're fast enough linebacker to play with uh, in Alabama. I just don't see it. I think that this team is highly likely now to make the playoffs, but what they're going to do with that playoff spot, I don't know. I have some concerns.
0: The Sean Wade thing is interesting to me. I get the sense that they've decided that the nickel corner spot is more important than the other safety spot opposite Jordan Fuller, given the fact that they've given that job to Wade. Obviously, I could be wrong about that, but, I mean, Wade is, if you were going to rank the performance of the defensive backs this year, he'd be in the top four, no question. So my assumption is that's the reason for it. I don't know, have any idea. I mean Isaiah Pryor, I was high on him. He just is not ready for the job. Jason Went, Jason Went, whatever he pronounces his first name. Good lord. The dude is clueless out there. Hard hitter and a great chance to be a core special teamer, but I'm not sure I've ever see him as a starter at safety. Um we shall see. Okay, like we said, there is no Iowa trap game on the on the schedule. There is a visit from Indiana. You have to assume this is going to be a blowout, wouldn't you? You don't see a letdown here coming, do you?
1: No, no. I don't see a letdown happening. Um, And and in addition, I watched the Indiana-Michigan State game, and those teams just do not have the talent to compete. They're not with Ohio State, no. They just don't. They're not going to beat Penn State. They're just not really quality football teams. Indiana got off to a good start, won some football games, and people are like, whoa, watch out here. No. Uh, You have to look at the opposition. After seeing them play, I'm looking at the opposition and saying, you just weren't playing anybody uh, to get off to that good start. One thing I want to say about the defense. I read something yesterday and I ended up posting it in my uh, Longview thread. Uh, The defense... Has no team has given up three eighty-yard uh, plays except Ohio State. No defense has given only one other defense has given up four seventy-yard plays like Ohio State has. You take those four total uh, big plays off the board. Ohio State's defense is given a 4.4 per play, and that's 12th in the country. So I think that's a very interesting stat to throw out there. Uh, getting back to this game, no, Indiana, Indiana is I, it's just not a trap game. We're playing at home. There's no way the coaches will, uh, well, you know, they're going to be looking for that. But Penn State has been this target game since the schedules announced, and you know we knew how important it was. It. Really made our season to win that football game. Uh, so they they know they know that, uh, that this is a game that uh, we have to be ready for. We can't have them thinking looking forward, looking at the playoffs now. Got to keep them focused. Don't have them ready to play.
0: I agree. This is a we'll see Tate Martell in the first half kind of game. We appreciate Dwayne stopping by. Have a good one.